Nobody knows but Jesus. Why don't you love the Lord, <clears throat> Tyler? What do we think? Sounds good? Yeah, you sound good. Talk at the same time as I'm talking. What do I you think? I think it's good. Do you yeah. think we're good? All right. Good to see everybody tonight. All right. Thank you. Thank you. No, 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 no. Thank you. Open your soda pop. So this band name comes from military radio shorthand for the phrase will comply, which I find hilarious because I'm not sure if Jeff Wilco has ever even held a gun. I didn't know that. How did I not know that? I, I read about the band and I in, didn't even notice that. In Soldier of Fortune. <laughs> <laughs> How many soldiers do you think have ever seen the band name Wilco and thought, oh, let me see what this is all about? I hope none. I hope a lot because I, <laughs> well, hopefully they all came to the same conclusion that we're coming to right what now. What is this pansy ass shit? What's this bullshit? Because it is. I don't think I can wear this floppy hat. I would be surprised if you made it through the whole episode. I think this floppy hat is actually maybe too big. It sucks. I feel like I'm not being committed to the podcast. A lot of people have asked what you meant or mean. You bring floppy hats up a lot when you're talking about East Nashville hipsters specifically. Yeah. I think a lot of people don't maybe don't have floppy hats in their scenes and weren't sure what you yeah, meant. Yeah, actually, a few people have asked, what does that mean? And I'm like, have you never seen a floppy hat? Oh, I guess maybe normal people that don't live in Nashville have never experienced the floppy hat. So now if you are wondering what a floppy hat is, you can turn into this episode on YouTube. That's more of a beach hat, I would say. Dude, this but- is a fucking full body hat. I, this could be considered like clothing. It's a top. Yes, it's basically a top. And I'm huge, so like on a smaller person, it's basically going to cover their entire body. First thing that we do have to say when we talk about how much Wilco sucks is that we're also talking about how every band associated with Wilco and this entire scene. It's kind of a blanket statement. It all sucks. Yeah. This is very much a The Shins situation. Uh, There have been other bands where we just hold them responsible for an entire thing that happened in music at the time that's what we're about to do with wilco because it's not like wilco sucks but the previous band uncle tupelo was so great and they should have stuck with that forever sure uncle tupelo sunvolt whiskey town all of this stuff just mm-hmm. across the board is bad yeah it's all a version of the same band over say, and over again i wonder if anybody that is in one of those bands that fall into this same world as wilco is listening to this going oh thank god they covered wilco and not my shitty band (laughs) but like you should just assume that we're also talking about your shitty band and maybe we'll get to do an episode on your shitty band too but you should assume that if you're in the same world musically as wilco in general we consider you to also be equally shitty I thought you were going to say you wondered if any of the dudes in these bands ever forgot which one was the one they were in (laughs) yes some dude from Whiskey Towns reading an awful review of the Uncle Tupelo album or the new Wilco album, and they start to get mad because they forget that this isn't the one that they're in. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe they would say that about, oh, wait a minute, I'm not in that band. Fuck, are you in that band? No, that, I'm not. No, what the fuck are you talking about? No, we're not in that band. Uh, Wilco sums up an entire genre, which we're saying is yeah, a pretty shitty genre, top to bottom, yeah bad and boring country music for people who do not actually enjoy country music probably because they're afraid that they would get their ass kicked if they tried to hang out in a honky tonk and they very well may be right but if you're 
an Uncle Tupelo fan and you think it is A, country music, or B, good country music, you're going to have to go listen to the 1968 Frank Prophet recording of what I'm sure you believe is an Uncle Tupelo song, Satan, Your Kingdom Must Come Down. That is the way that that song goes. The way that you heard it is not the way that the song goes. One thing that everyone called this type of music at the time was alt-country which is close to being correct, but the more accurate thing to call it, I think, would be the most boring version of late 80s, early 90s alternative rock with songwriters who happened to sometimes use instruments associated with country music. Sure, yeah. My first exposure to this was obviously after moving to Nashville where I, growing up, nobody I knew listened to country music, so I didn't listen to country music. So my exposure to country music was strictly here, but then I was very quickly exposed to the sub genre, which was uh, wimpified country music, I guess, stripped down, shittier or softer, or it's like it's like starting an emo band with an acoustic guitar. I'm going to call it something else. What about nuntry music? Nuntry music, yes, <laughs> is in <laughs> complete lack of art and soul. Anyway, so yes, I I. I found the entire thing top to bottom my entire time living here to be quite off-putting. I've never found any of these bands to be even remotely appealing whatsoever. So as Wilco gets launched to the fucking universe, I was like, are we being serious right now? Is this the, is this the band? This is a band that we're being serious about. All right. All right. Well, I don't get it. Every now and then someone, you know, will hear, Oh, he's the country music guy. And every now and then someone will assume that I give a shit about Wilco. And it always is actually offensive. What the fuck? Why would you? <laughs> <laughs> Do you think that low of me? What the fuck, man? Do I need to change my image or something? Like, what, am I presenting myself a fucking Wilco fan? It's almost fighting words. Like, God damn it. I have to grow a mullet now. <laughs> <laughs> Guess I just have to start a fucking fight tonight just so people know that I don't like Wilco. Just the discography of Guy Clark alone rendered even the most hypothetically awesome version of this alt country bullshit entirely unnecessary before most of the dudes in these bands were even born. It's weird, though. I think of alt country doesn't this. It's an alternative to country. Right, but in my mind, I'm like thinking alternative rock and where that leads should not be called alt country. If there was more a rock and roll version of country, it would be alt country in my mind. This is like, this is emo country. It's kind of the same thing to alternative rock in a way, if you think about it in terms of Nirvana was called alternative rock. And then fast forward a few years and you have the band Bush, which is... The neutered version of Nirvana, extremely commercialized and the edges sanded off and it's polished for radio, obviously going to sell. That's what this was trying to do. This was like all of what made people love country, all that stripped away. This is alt country. If you worked at a Starbucks and decided to throw on a playlist of country music prior to the year 1980 and someone from corporate came by, you would lose your job and they would play Wilco instead. Right. That's what would happen. Yeah. I think it's fair to say Wilco is probably on every single coffee house music playlist that's very popular still probably to this day. It's like uh, how Brian Eno decided to make music for airports and invented yes. quote unquote ambient music. Right. It really is almost like someone sat down and said, we should have music for coffee shops. Right. Yes. <laughs> Nothing screams alt country like background music. 
What a fucking bummer. I am sorry, but like, I would just, I mean, maybe not financially, I wouldn't be bummed, but if one of the songs that I took the time my whole life to write background music at a coffee shop, I'd be like, fuck, this really sucks. Some people aspire, man. I, some people, some people really <laughs> just want to be background music at coffee shops. Financially, it's probably a great place to be. You know what I mean? It'd probably make a lot of money because your song just gets played a billion fucking times a day. And when we're saying that Wilco and all these other bands are just bad, boring country music for people who don't like country. It's not as if country music is the thing that existed once and you have to play it exactly that way, the old way. That's the correct way. And if you don't do it that way, it automatically becomes something worse. There are loads of directions you can take starting from country music and heading somewhere else. It doesn't have to become bland. You can have an alt country thing that is not this, that isn't something that you would want to play in a Starbucks. And there are a lot of examples of this. You should probably check out uh, Slim Cessna's Auto Club and all of the offshoots of that band, like Munley and the Lee Lewis Harlots. You could check out 16 Horsepower. That would probably be a very easy jump for you to make from Wilco. And you will spot the difference in quality immediately. Mm -hmm. There are other choices here besides ripping off the worst of Tom Petty's albums and claiming that it's a result of your country music influences. I assume Jeff Wilco agrees with everything I just said because Wilco came out of the gate trying to do some weird combo of the gin blossoms and the Rolling Stones instead of the whole country music for people who drink Negronis thing. Of course, that does mean that they're still throwing an occasional banjo or whatever into the mix. And this is still very much music as a delivery system for songwriter -y lyrics, which we're all supposed to take seriously and be very emotionally affected by. Yeah. The band straight up has a song called I Am Trying to Break Your Heart, and mm -hmm. the, which is a fucking horrific song title. And the <laughs> way you know they're trying to do... What, what if you just broke my heart, Jeff? What if you didn't try to do it? What if we went Yoda here? There is no try, only do. And then you just did it, and also without telling me. Right, yeah, yeah. Like, if you have to tell me what you're trying to do, uh, I'm trying to give you a blowjob. Well, I think I should probably know if you're trying to give me a blowjob. I'm trying to make you come. Oh, well, you're not. You're not doing it. Appreciate the warning, I guess. And the way you know that he's trying to break your heart with the lyrics is that Jeff Wilco is a bad singer. Bad singers always mean you're supposed to be paying attention to the lyrics. And Wilco sings like a smoker who records all his vocals at seven in the morning before smoking his first cigarette of the day. Yeah. And I don't mean that in a good way, like Mark Lanigan. I mean, in a bad way, like everyone who is not Mark Lanigan. Preparing for this episode, I, I listened to probably the most Wilco I've ever listened to in my life. Like I actually purposefully sat down and listened to it. Bummer, right? Yeah. Yes. I always wondered like, okay, do people like this band because of the lyrics or do they like the band because of the melodies and the singing? Obviously there's lacking in both. So I became even more convinced actually listening to the band that it really is just the story that snowballed and becomes that's why the popularity, where the popularity comes from. Because the first song that I listened to actually didn't even make notes of the lyrics. I don't want to actually read another five paragraphs to try to understand what he's even getting at in this song because it was obviously using other things to tell a story. But I was like, I don't even give a shit. I don't want to have to look up the fucking meaning to the lyrics of what he actually means when he says he's goofy as shit. 
maybe I'm an idiot, but like, I was like, I don't know. And I don't want to, I guess I don't want to read a fucking <laughs> dissertation of what the first song on this album even means. No, I'm not doing it. I don't care. I'm, I don't care. This is stupid. So I don't know if you know this, but the second album Wilco released is a double album. Oh, see, so. right there, out the gate. <laughs> the fact anybody takes them serious still, that's like a fucking dead giveaway. If this is the first episode of the podcast you're hearing, you have much catching up to do. The kiss of death. We're not going to go back over all the reasons that double albums are nearly always a huge red flag. Which, quick side note, I did. I am so dedicated to this fucking podcast that even my friends that are in bands, they put out a double album and I said to them, what are you doing? That's a really bad idea. You should not do that. And they did it anyways, but you know, whatever, each their own. But I was like, dude, I'm telling you right now, it's the fucking kiss of death. Just take the 20 songs you wrote, pick out 12 of them that are actually good and put those out. Or mix and match the best and worst ones and fucking shelve one and yeah. release it later right. and make more money from your efforts. <laughs> he wrote 20 songs. That's that's two albums down the road you could release. But then the other thing about the second album, it's called Being There, is that it goes straight back to being bad and boring country music. Because the first Wilco album essentially bombed, especially in comparison to the sales and critical reception of the first Sun Volt album, which was made by the other guy from Uncle Tupelo, who also used the same producer as Wilco. So basically, this is as close as you can get to applying the scientific process to determine which guy in Uncle Tupelo was doing the thing that Uncle Tupelo fans enjoyed. Turns out it was Jay Tupelo, not Jeff Wilco. It's going to drive people fucking crazy that I'm. <laughs> oh, shit. So, so the first thing Wilco does is go right back to making music for everyone who wants to know what Chris Isaac albums would sound like if the production was terrible and Chris Isaac could not sing. It's wild how fucking bad musical taste people are. They literally shoot the worst singers and the worst songwriters to the top of the charts. Well, I don't know if I would say that Wilco ever well, was at the top of any were, chart. Dude, they did very well. They, they did, did much well. better than they should have, yes, for yes. sure. Well, also, when you create an entire subgenre because you can't actually just play country music, it really helps. You know what I'm saying? If you say, like, oh, we're, we're just a rock <laughs> yeah. band or just a country band, well, then the expectations are higher. You dumb it down and, well, we're an Americana band or whatever the term that they use is. All of a sudden be like, oh, well, they're the biggest fucking Americana band. It adds to the story. Okay, well, ICP was the biggest clown rap band of all time. Is that <laughs> the fuck does that mean? Wow, what an accomplishment. A subgenre that no one gives a fuck about you in. Great. Damn, everyone really cares about baseball, but I'm not good at baseball. Bowling. Let's do bowling as a sport on TV. It's basketball, bro. Ooh, we made an entire new hey, thing. Don't that's fucking talk shit on basketball, first of all. <laughs> 25 people give a shit about we, I'll take this episode off the rails yeah. so hard right now. Yo, do me a favor real quick. If you're listening to this podcast, which you uh, are, you're what obviously listening to this podcast. Do you think they're listening to the podcast right now? They're still listening. <laughs> yeah, I guess they're listening. Yeah. We really need you to subscribe wherever you're listening. Hit the subscribe button. Definitely make sure you're subscribed. We've got merch now. What shirts and pins and stickers and stuff. Yeah. On the website, go to our website, yfbspod.com. Just do it. Just do it. That'd be a good slogan for Man, something. We should make a shirt. Okay. <laughs> I can't believe basketball didn't become a real sport after that movie. Yeah. It's fucking genius concept. Way underrated. Uh, and then Wilco started working with Billy Bragg, and I'm not sure if we're supposed to know who this is or not, but as far as I can tell, Billy Bragg is a guy who's been acting like the British Woody Guthrie since 
approximately the 1980s. So that's maybe why Woody Guthrie's daughter picked Billy Bragg when she wanted someone to cut a bunch of her father's unreleased songs. Then Billy hit up Wilco about doing it together, blah, blah, blah. This is when they really started to get a lot of positive press and attention for doing this quote unquote historical thing. What's funny is Billy Bragg and the guys in Wilco almost immediately began fighting in the recording studio. There's a documentary (laughs) of the the making of this. I haven't seen all of it, but I've seen enough of it to know that uh, these guys working relationship was not great. Mm. Uh, They couldn't agree on how almost anything should sound to the degree of like what genre of music should we place behind these these songs they couldn't even get it together enough to go on a tour after the album was done really funny that everyone like praises this thing but meanwhile behind the scenes it's just an absolute shit show i would imagine that nearly nobody in the project could be satisfied with the end results if everyone is fighting that much if there's any kind of give and take, any kind of concessions, that means that like none of them are walking out of there being happy with the results. But meanwhile, everyone on a typewriter is like, it's fucking genius. It's great. <laughs> it's the best thing I've ever heard in my life. Oh my God. Next, Wilco released the album Summer Teeth. That's one word in case you thought these guys weren't pretentious. And this is the album where they became the Spoon ripoff, which they've largely been ever since. And the only way they were able to do that was by adding layers and layers of overdubs with Pro Tools because they're not a good band. Basically, Lucinda Williams released the album Car Wheels on a Gravel Road the year before this, and Wilco was like, all right, guess we've got to quit pretending to make country music now, so what's everyone else doing? Oh, Spoon. And Spoon's not big enough that everyone's going to realize that we're ripping them off. Definitely not at the time, not yet. So it's like, oh shit, we could do this, and not enough people are going to realize. Something really annoying that I noticed in preparing for this episode is how often Wilco gets compared to Radiohead. What the fuck? These bands do not exist in the same ecosystem. (laughs) Good God. I mean, obviously they don't sound anything alike, but people refer to Wilco as the American Radiohead because of their quote unquote experimentation, which we'll get to later. What? Yeah, it's stupid. Listen to a song, like a Wilco song, like Every Little Thing or ELT, and ask yourself if Radiohead would ever put such an obvious attempt at making a radio hit on one of their albums. If Wilco was like Radiohead, then they would have accidentally had at least three or four massive radio hits just by doing whatever the fuck they want to do in the studio, which Wilco has not had. I would love to know who said that. It's a lot of people have said it. Fuck are you talking about? I mean, I get it. They don't sound anything alike, but there's not even like anything that interesting. Because later Wilco starts adding all these soundscapes. Basically, they bring Jim O'Rourke in to do a bunch of Jim O'Rourke shit on Wilco albums. But that's really not anyone in the band. Look, dude, Logic Pro, check this out. I can hit this button, make weird noises. We should put it in your band. They also started ripping off crowd rock bands like Noi at a certain point. But it's just it's all uninspired because they are looking to someone else as a template for what they're doing. It's sure. not inspired and there's not any fucking feeling. And, to a little, it. and when your entire fan base seems to be people that first of all, have terrible taste in music. Second of all, have seemingly have never been exposed to other music. I guess it's just fucking genius. Cause they've never actually listened to anything outside of whatever, I guess pitchfork says was cool. Pitchfork says it's the coolest thing fucking ever. And they're like, yeah, it is. Holy shit. I think that's a lot of it. Also, if you do listen to the song Every Little Thing and enjoy it, then what you need to do next is go 
listen to every album by the band Marvelous 3, and they're not on Spotify, so you'll actually have to put in some effort to improve your taste in music. They're not on Spotify? Which I'm certain sounds crazy to oh, all the Wilco fans tuning into this. Marvelous 3 has some songs on Spotify, but not all of their albums and not all of the good wow. stuff. Underrated band. Absolutely. If you know the name Butch Walker, but yeah. you don't know who Marvelous 3 is, then there are some blind spots in your awareness of music. We got to get into uh, Yankee Hotel Foxtrot, which is probably going to take us the rest of this episode to because talk about. Because at the end of the day, a, a shit ton of fucking people didn't even know that Wilco was a band until this album came out. That's the fucking truth. Yeah. A huge majority of their fan base really did not realize that the band started a whole entire fucking decade and re released multiple albums before this album came out. This is the central con. Yankee Hotel Foxtrot comes out and all of a sudden it's the greatest fucking thing you ever heard in your life. So goddamn, I love this band. Oh my God, they're the best. Yankee Hotel Foxtrot is Wilco's only album to sell over 500,000 copies. And the way that people talk about this band, you would assume that they have multiple albums that have gone platinum. They don't have a platinum album. I'm fairly certain we're back in Ryan Adams territory with this whole episode. Firmly in yeah, Ryan Adams territory. People who care about Wilco believe everyone who cares about music cares about yes. Wilco. Yes. And that is yes. nowhere near yes. the case. So glad you said that because I feel like sometimes is it just that we live in a bubble because like it's Nashville, it's Music City. So everyone I felt that maybe I that was just what I experienced. But I think that's just genuinely true. People think it's more important than it really is. Like in reality, outside of this bubble that we live in. Where everyone is just like, Wilco, 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 Wilco. The general public literally gives a shit. They obviously don't. They definitely don't. They absolutely, objectively, demonstrably do not. One of my favorite things that people always come at us with in response to the episodes is some sort of list of like the, you know, commercial success of whatever band we're talking about. Oh, yeah. If they suck so bad, then how come they sold this many? Blah, 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 blah. Right. First of all, that's really dumb logic because if you are saying the band is great because of how many people who have bought their albums, the uh, amount of people who haven't bought their albums is exponentially larger. No matter who you're talking about, most people on the planet have not bought an album by them. Your own logic is undermining your entire fucking argument. But no one can do that with this band. Right. Like this is one episode that I'm certain we're going to release and not one person is going to come back to us and talk about record sales because you can't. They're not there because no one actually likes this. There are a lot more ways in which Jeff Wilco seems like the platonic ideal of Ryan Adams, as in this is what Ryan Adams career could look like if he was you know, a slightly decent person. Maybe it would take a downgrade in singing ability for that trade-off in personality. I don't know. That's how you end up with Jeff Wilco, maybe. I, but <laughs> I'm not sure who's been a major participant in more albums between the two of these guys, and it would take a long time to figure that out. But it seems possible Jeff Wilco has recorded more music than Ryan Adams. Mm. He's in various side projects, which if you think Wilco is bad, definitely go check out the side projects because, buddy, it gets worse. It gets somehow. This is the opposite of it gets better. It gets worse. It's just too much music. These guys are both at least 10 years younger than Nick Cave. And even he would look at the length of their discographies and be like, uh, you dude should probably learn to edit more and record less. I've made, I don't know, 50 fucking albums and you need to calm down. Right. It's okay not to record everything that comes across your head. Maybe it's not worth recording. It's totally okay. Also, quick sign up before we completely move off this. From now on, because I was just thinking about this when you were talking. 
I'm going to start asking people if they say like, well, you can't say that that band sucks. They sold blah, blah, blah albums. They're fucking huge. I'm going to say, oh, cool. So Avatar's your favorite movie, right? <laughs> Avatar's the greatest fucking movie ever made. It's seriously the best movie, best storytelling, best cinematography ever. Shut the fuck up. You don't say that about anything else that you do in your life. Coca-Cola is the highest selling beverage on earth, whatever. So you just think Coke is the greatest thing ever. You don't drink anything else but Coke. Fuck water. I only drink Coke. This is the stupidest argument on earth. If you have an avatar tattoo, okay, yeah, I'll listen to you. I'll listen to your opinion. Because obviously you're a fucking lunatic and you just love Avatar because it's the greatest selling movie of all time. Yes, your opinion matters to me. If you don't have an Avatar tattoo, then shut the fuck up. It's a stupid argument. If you don't have an Avatar tattoo, then shut the fuck up. I'm just saying it's commitment at least. The other thing, when we're talking about the sales figures on Yankee Hotel Foxtrot, probably half of the units that that album sold have nothing whatsoever to do with the music that is on the album. Go on. It's not like they went in the studio and did anything that was a massive departure from what they were already doing. I would go so far as to say there's no chance this is even the favorite album of most Wilco fans. I don't think many Wilco fans would claim the music on Yankee Hotel Foxtrot towers above the music in the rest of this band's catalog. Probably a lot of the people who bought this album did not even like it. This came out in a time where people would just buy shit based on reviews or stories or the conversation that was happening around it. And there was a massive conversation happening around this album coming out because the Chicago Tribune wrote an article about how hard Wilco was being fucked with by their record label. And the Chicago Tribune is a major newspaper. This is not just a music magazine or even an alt weekly. So a ton of people who barely even care about music saw this story. The way that the story looked was like a David versus Goliath situation. And everyone wants to be on the side of David. No one's picking the Goliath. So a bunch of people decided to become Wilco fans to give the finger to the system, the industry, the man, a major record label. That is why Pitchfork, a site founded in Chicago where Wilco is from, by the way, gave the album a 10 out of 10. This is not a 10 out of 10 album musically. It's just not. Oh my God. I don't th I, again, I think most Wilco fans would even say that. This is just a story. This is a 10 out of 10 story for music writers to get to cover. Yeah. Finally, something to talk about. Aside from Ryan Adams being a completely narcissistic piece of shit asshole, finally a different story from the alt country scene that is boring as shit. <laughs> it's a publicist's dream, yes, this story. A story. Good versus evil and the good guys have got to win and you should jump on board and fight for the good guys. While we're talking about it in these terms, the imprint that Wilco signed with after leaving Reprise was none such. Reprise and Nonesuch are both owned by the same major label, Warner Brothers. So at the end of the day, what even really happened here? What happened? If they were so fucked with, if they were feeling like so betrayed, why would they sign with a different branch of the same company? Do you people really think that the record labels care if you think they're the bad guy? I don't think they give one flying fuck. They laugh all the way to the bank. 
<laughs> Dude, I love this idea that you would be like, it, it, for people that don't know, say Ticketmaster owns, also owns TicketWeb, two different ticketing platforms owned by Ticketmaster. It would right. be as if you were like, it's not as oh, if, it's exactly the same Ticketmaster thing. Ticketmaster sucks shit. I only buy fucking tickets from TicketWeb. That's literally what happened. Yes. It's like, oh shit, fuck that record label. We're going to go with this label instead. They just happen to be owned by the same label. The big guys in the office at, at you know, major label are going, well, fuck yeah, fuck those guys. Those guys suck ass. Yeah, sign with these guys instead. For everyone who ever heard that this was supposed to be one of the best albums of all time, bought it and thought it just sounded like a sad guy with a largely monotonous voice that cracks whenever he tries to really sing, droning on and on between dissonant soundscapes. You're not crazy. That's what this is. <laughs> that is why the band's record label told them to get fucked when they heard the album. The record label heard this album and were like, absolutely not. No, thank you. No, please. No, sirs. This is not what we're doing today. Take this back. You're not fucking putting this out. That's fucking hilarious. Where's the real album? <laughs> Fuck you. Where's the fucking songs? So we have new t-shirts, but I just realized, can we say how, how specifically can we describe the designs of our new shirts? Uh, we have shirts that roundaboutly might kind of make you think of a certain 90s grunge rock band uh, and or another famous rock band from the across the pond. It rhymes with the bowling bones. <laughs> the bowling bones. Yeah. Shmervana. <laughs> Shmervana. Come on down to yfbspod.com. Merch store. Buy a t-shirt. Buy a flag. Buy a pin. Buy a sticker. Yankee Hotel Foxtrot sounds like the band Eels were sent into a studio after having all of the fun and musical ability surgically <laughs> removed from their brains. The vocal melodies on the entire album are so bad that it makes Wayne Coyne of the Flaming Lips sound like Freddie fucking Mercury. <laughs> I don't know how long ago the album came out now, but shit, I remember when it came out. Everyone fucking around me was like, oh my God, the greatest thing ever. And I probably listened to two songs and I was like, this is not for me. But now going back and listening to it, I was like, what the fuck were you guys thinking? This is not good. This is objectively bad. Everyone just wanted the record label to be wrong. Everyone right. wanted the right. suit at the record label right. to they be wrong. The story. They bought into the marketing strategy. Label fucks us over, doesn't like what we do. So we find somebody else to put the album out. Oh, you know, in this situation, of course, though, it just has to be the same major label that just put them out. Why do we need the story? Oh, uh, because the album's bad. Okay, well, then what if we make the story be that tragically uncool people already think the album is bad before anyone else has even heard it? So cool people will assume that those tragically unhip people are wrong. And this is also at a time that Pitchfork is peak powerhouse. No, no, this is like them coming into yes. being big. I mean, again, it's a local band. Everyone, uh, music writers love being friends with the people in bands, especially in the towns where they're from. So this is very much like a get behind the hometown heroes, go to bat, fuck Warner. This was early days, first wave of sort of the homogenization of culture. So I don't know if you're aware of this, but there's this thing where um, regional accents are kind of going away because everyone has TV now and everyone hears how most people talk. So unless you're just like 
living in a swamp without electricity around people who have this accent. Kids are growing up to have not very strong regional accents. This is a result of everyone consuming the same thing. And this album, this story about this album came out in what I would call the first wave of the homogenization of internet culture. You can't go to a music website now without seeing, I don't know, at least eight out of 10 of the stories are going to be the same stories that are on every other site. One outlet does an interview with an artist and all the other outlets write an article about how this outlet did an interview with this artist. And then they talk about what it means and do pull quotes and everything. This is what it looks like now, but Back in the days of Yankee Hotel Foxtrot's release, that's when we were walking into this situation that we're in now. If you have both the Chicago Tribune and Pitchfork getting behind this album before it's even come out, not that they're giving it a good review ahead of time, but they're positioning the story, David versus Goliath thing. I mean, obviously this thing is going to get way overhyped anyways. And then as far as the actual music goes, people call Wilco dad rock a lot. But if you walk in on your father listening to this music, you need to ask him if he is okay. Well, first of all, if your dad's still married and he's listening to this music, you should be like, are you and mom getting divorced? That should be your first question. Yeah. If he says no, be like, no, seriously, be honest with me because they, they already <laughs> are or they, they probably headed that way no matter what he says to you. Are you in therapy? Do you need to go to AA? What's going on here? Something's deeply wrong. If your dad's favorite band is Wilco, it's a cry for fucking help. Well, specifically Yankee Hotel Foxtrot. The music is deeply depressing and not in an interesting way, not in a way that's like worth going there with this guy. Musically, it's literally just the album Summer Teeth plus Jim O'Rourke. I'm going to guess again that a lot of Wilco fans are about as familiar with Jim O'Rourke's career as they are familiar with the non-Wilco career of Nels Klein. But again, listening to this album is like going to Starbucks instead of drinking coffee that actually tastes good without half a pound of sugar. The way that Jeff Wilco sing, quote unquote, sings the line, uh, take off the bandaid because I don't believe in touchdowns in the first song on the album is all you really need to hear for someone to make up their mind on whether or not they like the band Wilco. If you hear the way that he sings that line and you think it's awesome, you love this band and you have very bad taste in music. Fine. Great. If you hear that and it drives you nuts, congratulations. You're right. And the other way you know, you know that all of the hype around Yankee Hotel Foxtrot was essentially a mass delusion. What has this band done since then? Great artists follow up, follow through, continue being great. There's no such thing as a band who just made the greatest album of all time and then never did anything else that was good or cared about or talked about to a tenth of a degree. They've never done anything. I just, I wonder how many Wilco fans that I know personally are willing to actually maybe admit now, all these years later, they maybe in their youth, you can blame it on being young, even though you were not, you can blame it on your youth and say, you know what? It's actually not that great. They're really not that good. I just, I got wrapped up in the moment. You got sucked into the vortex of coolness and being a hipster and being in really cool person circles of really cool people. And you can just say, you know what? I was a fucking dumbass. The thing about a circle jerk is everyone's getting jacked off. If everyone's doing their job right, you're going to come. It's fine. It felt good. Right. It felt good at the time. But now you're an adult. Look, I was in the circle jerk. I'm not in the circle jerk anymore. 
How many people that fucking love Wilco also love ska for some reason? I feel like that's a fucking concentric circle. Are you just making that up? Or no, do I really do think that. I don't know why. I just feel like they're the same person. Okay. They have terrible taste in music. So I'm assuming their fucking terrible taste in music doesn't just stop and start at Wilco. When they were young, they listened to Sublime and they graduated to like hipster category. Okay, I'm no longer into Sublime. Now my favorite band is, what's this? What's this called? Wilco? Wilco? Wilco it is. All right, let's change my entire aesthetic. I know that someone's going to come at me with this, so I have to address it. I am aware that the album after Yankee Hotel Foxtrot won a Grammy, but the way that you can tell that was entirely coasting on the hype from Yankee Hotel Foxtrot is because that next album sold half of yeah. the units. There is a thing. I'm convinced this in the Grammys. There is a thing. They catch up. Yes, exactly. Yeah. They're like, okay, if we could give two, we would have given you one also, but we couldn't. We got to make it up to this band because fucking Beyonce put on an album or Eminem or whoever the fucking huge artist was. We got to give it to them. All that Wilco has done since then is off board fans with every album they release. And that is happening because every time Wilco releases an album, it's been a few more years which people have had to sit and think about how much they do not actually enjoy listening to this. But I guarantee you, if we go out to some East Nashville hipster bar right now, three quarters of the people are going to say they still love Wilco. Any sort of trendy cocktail lounge that has a jukebox with actual CDs in it, definitely going to have Yankee Hotel Foxtrot. I would love to see because jukeboxes have play counters. So I would love to see the data on how many people actually play oh, that you shit. you still like them? Crazy. What was your last <laughs> album even called? It won't co. Because if Wilco <laughs> is your favorite band. Your favorite band sucks. You are welcome for another overrated episode of Your Favorite Band Sucks. To all the fathers in the audience, you're especially welcome. We know y'all are sick of everyone assuming you listen to Wilco just because you like to bust nuts without wearing a condom. Look at the numbers. How many dudes are there on this planet who like to bust nuts without wearing a condom? Two or three billion? Okay, well, there are definitely not that many dudes who even know who Wilco is. So, you know, just stop. Stop assuming every guy who has a kid likes this band. Stop calling Wilco dad rock. And if you are a dad who is sick of these allegations, one way you can fight back is by going to shop.yfbspod.com to get a t-shirt from the podcast, which also supports the podcast. Not all of the shirts actually say your favorite band sucks on them, but even walking around in the ones that don't say that will probably make someone ask you what shirt you're wearing. When you tell them what it is, they'll probably be like, oh, wow, don't know what kind of band this badass motherfucker literally does listen to, but he probably does not listen to Wilco. Problem solved. All right, I have no further context, notes, or corrections to make on this episode. We said exactly everything that needed to be said about Wilco, and I'm very much looking forward to never talking about them or thinking about them again for the rest of my life. When the podcast returns, it's going to be May, which means the only proper thing we could possibly do would be to release an episode on NSYNC. Might sound crazy, but it ain't no lie. NSYNC sucks.